Good evening. I hope all of you are doing well. We're learning Maseches Yevamos Daf Lamed Hey. We're about seven lines down or so on Lamed Hey Amid Aleph, and we'll be learning, uh, depending on uh, how far we get over the course of the next little while, um, uh, probably toward the bottom of Lamed Hey Amid Beis, and maybe we'll go to the top of Lamed Vav Amid Aleph. We'll see when we get there. The Gemara says, seven lines down, another version of what we saw in the name of Shmuel yesterday. And the Gemara says, Lishna Acharina Amrela, seven lines down, Lamed Hey Amid Aleph. Here's another version of what we learned yesterday. Amar Shmuel, Kulan Tzrichos Lahamtin Shlosha Chodashim. Everybody needs to wait three months after ending one relationship. A woman has to wait three months after ending one relationship and beginning another. Chutz Migioris, except for a woman who has converted. Umeshuchreres Gedola, and a Shifcha who has... Uh, uh, who has uh, been freed, who is a gedolah. But a ktana, who is a Jewish girl, who was married and ended her marriage in one way or another, she does not need to wait three months. Now, yesterday, this, was, this is different than yesterday's version of Shmuel. Yesterday's version of Shmuel indicated that we have a gzera der that a girl who's a, a Jewish girl, who's a ktana, who had znus, we do require of her to wait three months. This version of Shmuel says differently. Here Shmuel says, So the Gemara says, What's the case of the ktana? If what you're saying is that we're talking about a case of miyun, so we've already learned that. Shmuel already taught that. And ibeget And Shmuel says that if we're talking about a get, so then he says that in fact by a get, you do need to wait three months. So how then do we understand Shmuel? Let's first finish out his Mari Makomos here. Amar Shmuel, that by Miun, there's no need to wait three months. So the Gemara has a Kasha now. The statement of Shmuel, seven lines down on Lamed Hei the statement of Shmuel indicated that there's no need to be waiting for Aktana who's in Yisrael. Yet Shmuel says elsewhere that by a get she does. Answers the Gemara, what's our case dealing with? Ella, our case is dealing with Biznus, with a, a young girl, a young Jewish girl who was Mizane. Biznus Biktana Loshriach. And that is very uncommon practice for a young girl who's married 12 years old, 11 years old, I should say. She's not yet 12. To be married and to be mezana at that age, that's not normal behavior, and therefore we're not goes around that. Asks the Gemara, a third of the way down on Lamed Hey Amid Aleph, Giyoros HaMeshukhreres Teshchich Behuz Nus, they exhort. But if you have a Giyoros, if you have someone who didn't grow up with uh, with Jewish values, and if you have someone who's Meshukhreres, you have a Shifcha, these women are, are not known for their known for their moral compass. So says the Gemara, the Shchiach behuz nos by them, znos is commonplace. So therefore, Ligzor, we should have a gzera by them that they should have to wait three months. Why then does Shmuel say that the women, the Giyores Meshukhreres Gedola, that they uh, that they don't have to wait three months? So answers the Gemara, who Amar Kereb Yosi. At least this Shita of Shmuel has whom to rely upon in the world of the Tanoim. How so? To Tanya, the Brisa writes, If you have a woman who's converting, a woman who's been held captive, or a Shifcha, a maidservant, who respectively were redeemed, converted, and freed, we have to wait three months because in those scenarios, we can't assume that they didn't have Tash We have to assume that they did. So we have to wait three months. Rabbi Yossi's matter, even in that case, and that is where Shmuel is basing his shita. Why is Rabbi Yossi so lenient in this case? Says the Gemara, because Kasavar, Isha Mizane, a woman, while granted 
being mezana is certainly uh, off, an, an off the derech activity. However, there still is a little bit of planning and that she makes sure she doesn't conceive. So kasavar isha mezana mishameshes b'moch kedishalotis aber. She'll use some type of absorbent cloth so that during Tash Mishamita, she won't be able to conceive. The garment will be placed inside of her body and it will absorb any of the zera, so she can't get pregnant. It's a, a birth control of, uh, of yesteryear. Now we have IUDs, whatever the case may be, but still very dangerous. There are stories all the time, this just happened uh, to one of my neighbors, on an IUD right after having a baby, pregnant. So not everything is perfect, but in their system was even less perfect, but they would use a moch to prevent the likelihood of conceiving. I could understand a giores. She's already, she's learning for her geiris course. So she knows what's going on. She's When it comes to a giores, no problem. We can fairly assume that because she's planning to become a yid, so she's going to be careful not to get pregnant during that amount of time because she wants her children to be nizra biktusha. She wants them, she wants to conceive when she's a yid. She doesn't want to conceive when she's a goy. And as well, shvuya uh, if you have a shvuya, you have someone who's in captivity and a shifcha maidservant, they know how to how to plan accordingly. They kind of know when they're getting out of prison. They know when they're being freed. So they'll also be careful to use a milk during Tash Meshamita to prevent getting pregnant. But when it comes to an Eved, we know there's a din in Chumash, that the halacha in Chumash says that if you have an Eved and they get injured, their tooth falls out or their eye, um, their eye falls out, they're going to get injured, the halacha is that they go free. Now, unlike all the previous cases of the Giyores and the Shivuyim and the Shivcha, this person got injured on the, on the spot and they go free right away. So if this is a Shivcha, who got injured, she didn't have planning time so that her Tash Meshamita was bemoch. So says the Gemara, maybe we should say that in that case, it's impossible to plan. And therefore, we should assume that she has to wait three months. Says the Gemara, uh, two thirds of the way down, a little bit more, as we head to the end of the parak. If you want to say that anything like that, you're right, that anything when it comes to a shifcha who gets injured, that there we're just saying, okay, what can you do? Therefore, she has to wait three months. That's not true because a correction in the Girsa here, it's a Brisa, not a Mishnah. Granted, that with a woman who was violated or seduced. She has to wait three months. So we see that Rabbi Yossi was matir even in a case where there was no prep time. Again, by a Gioras, she knew she was going to convert, so all of her Tash for the last three months will be Bimoch. By a Shivcha, she knows when she's being freed, so she has Tash Meshemitah Bimoch. But when someone is going to be freed because of an injury, you can't plan for an injury. So therefore, we should assume that maybe she has to wait three months. Rabbi Yossi says no. Elam how then did she prevent conception? Says the Gemara, Ishimizane, when a woman would be intimate, she would not necessarily use a moch, but she knew there was a way to, to contort her body in a way where she was, was less likely to conceive, in a way that the zera would not flow toward the uterus, but the way it would flow away from the uterus, fine. Says the Gemara, if that's true, then why does Rabbi Yehuda why does Rabbi Huda hold what he holds? Why doesn't he hold that uh, she can be misapeches? She can turn her body in a way where the zera is unlikely to, to, generate, um, to generate pregnancy. Maybe she didn't do this, uh, 
this particular positioning of her body in a way that was actually effective. Our Mishnah on the bottom of Lamed Gimel Amid Beis, which is the Mishnah we're working off of, um, actually has a, a different language. The end of that Mishnah on Lamed Gimel Amid Beis, if you look back, says, Vimhayu Kohanos Nifsalumin Hatruma. But the Meforshim on the Mishnah, some of the Meforshim changed that language to Nifsalumin Kehuna, which is very different. One is you can't eat this food, the other is you're done for. You cannot be, you're not allowed to marry a Kohen, you're out. So that's actually the version of the Gemara of the Mishnah that we're learning here. It says the Gemara Vimhayu Kohanos. Our Mishnah had said that uh, that if a woman, it, we the case of our Mishnah was where two um, two brothers married two sisters and they inadvertently switched wives uh, right by the kedushin. So then, if that one of those women was a was a was going to be shaykh to a kohen, she's no longer shaykh to a kohen. Now she's. She's a she's a zona technically. She slept with someone already, so uh, case closed. Says the Gemara, Kohanos in Yisraelis lo. It's true by a woman who's a bas kohen, fine. But what about Yisraelis? Isn't it not true that Yisraelis she also can't marry a kohen if she's a, if she's a zona? If she's had tashmish amita, she should not be allowed at all. But says the Gemara, you're right. We're only talking about wives of kohan. Says the Gemara, what does that mean? Nishay kohanim in nishay Yisraelim lo. That doesn't make sense. If they're wives, it's the same exact question. Why are you this strange formulation? He says, no, you misunderstood. Uh, but let's first fin- finalize the question. taught a particular halacha. And he uh, brightened our eyes. He enlightened us. We learned it from this Mishnah. What does the Mishnah say? If the uh, wife of Israel, uh, Shenensa, was violated, yes, she can marry, she can be with her own husband after a rape. That's correct. But she's psula lekahuna, a very, very complex halacha that if a woman is violated, she cannot go back to her husband if he's a Kohen, but can if it's Israel. So, Amara Rava, what? Yeah. Very difficult then to explain. Uh, uh, in Svara, it's very right. I mean, it's just emotionally. It's hard to explain. Like, we can understand state and Shulchan Aruch. I understand that, but it's not simple. The Gemara says, "How do we explain this Gemara?" Amar Rava Hachi Kamar. Here is what the Gemara meant when it corrected to say Neshe Kohanim. That if there was a Bas Kohen married to Israel, then if she was violated, then she cannot benefit from any of the Truma in her family's house, because normally the, what would happen is after a woman divorces, then she would be able to go back to her parents' house and benefit from whatever's going on in the house. That's not true in the case of uh, Kohanos that are Nisuas to Yisrael, who were violated. They're Nifsalina, Truma, Debein, Nishaihu. They're not allowed to have any Truma, even from their own their own family's home. Take a look at the last Rashi for more commentary. Hadron Allah we should come back to this daf in seven and a half years. We're beginning now. Baruch Hashem. The fourth parak of Maseches Yevamos. <clears throat> Says the Gemara, we've been learning about this din, about uh, making sure that, that we were careful not to marry a woman uh, when she's within three months of a relationship with another person. What about as it relates to Chalitza and Yibum? So our mission is going to discuss two cases. What if a man does Chalitza without having waited for the three months and we find out she's pregnant? Or what happens if he does Yibum and marries her and sleeps with her not knowing that she might be pregnant because he didn't wait the requisite three months. These are huge enough to be the same. What? Kid's name is going to be the same regardless. Right. And he's got, he's. Well, not by Chalitza, but by the no, other kids. Right. So yes. He's chay, he's chay of a korban. So yeah. That's one thing, but but the, the Mishnah will make it. What did you say? The reason we were talking about the 90 days 
to be sure we know who the father is. In this case, the father doesn't matter because no, way, no text. If you do, if you do chalitza, yeah. and it turns out she had a baby, your chalitza wasn't anything. Okay, so now not such a big deal, right? What about the tsara? We're going to discuss that today because chalitza, tsara, those two are dependent. And let's say that shiitaka does have a baby, but and it wasn't the case of chalitza. You actually married her. Whose kid is that? First of all, is the kid a mamzer? Right, the kid's not a mamzer because, well, you you slept with him, he's dead. But it's very strange. It's her kid. It's not mamzerus. But the case, the what David pointed out, will be mentioned by the Mishnah, which is that you slept with someone who you're not allowed to sleep with. You slept with your brother's wife because it wasn't the case of Yibum. Only when there's a heter of Yibum are you allowed to sleep with her. Otherwise, nothing. And you slept with her without waiting three months. Turns out she was pregnant. What? I still don't understand. Sarah gets. That what? That what? That what? That the tsara is on um, yeah. yeah. oh, We'll discuss the tsara. The tsara is complicated. That's going to be the whole Gemara's focus is on Machlokas uh, Rav Yochanan and Reish Lakish about how we view the tsara. That's going to be a big, big part of today's discussion. But does it get into a discussion about let's say he was in the hospital for three months, so there's no possibility that it's his child. Our Gemara doesn't make that distinction, and halachically speaking, we don't do that. We assume that couples within and whatever whatever the frame of uh, whatever the time frame is, we certainly three months. It's a time frame where conception is very popular. Gamara is going to discuss your case exactly right. Gamara is going to discuss. So let's go through the two ver- the two parts of our Mishnah. One case is chalitza. One case is chalitza with a woman whom you did not wait the proper three months for, and the other case is where you did yibum. So case number one, a person does chalitza, they go to bezin, spitting, shoe, the whole thing, great. And the nimtes and she actually has a child. This is, this is problematic. And says the Gemara, we first have to see if the child is going to survive. First of all, if the child is going to survive, which typically in halacha we assume is 30 days, that's why we don't do the mitzvah of pidyon aben until that time, because it has to be a bar kayama. No din like that by brismila, obviously, but nevertheless, if the, if the child lives, then, then chalitza was not done. And therefore, because had chalitza been done, she would have been possible for kahuna. But the chalitza wasn't a chalitza. She had a kid. She had a kid. So in case number one, she actually gave birth, but we don't consider that child the child of the, her child until he's lived for 30 days. Okay, so then this child lived for 30 days and no problem, your chalitza wasn't a chalitza. Ein havlad shel kayama. But if you did chalitza to this woman, let's say right after her husband died, let's, go, let's just say by month number one, and the child dies before day 30, Rahman al So then your chalitza was a chalitza. And now, therefore, who asr bekrovo he asr bekrovo bupaslam kahuna. Now you've done chalitza, ben grusha ben chalutza, you're not allowed to marry a kohen. The woman's not allowed to marry a kohen. Next case. Hakone says yavim tovenim says meuberes violda. Let's say that you don't do chalitza to this woman, you marry this woman. You do yibum, chupa, kedushin, the whole nine yards. You're married now. Venim says meuberes violda. And turns out she's actually pregnant and, um, and she has a child. Same chakira as before. Did the child survive or not? If, in fact, the child is born, that means that there was no mitzvah of Yibum. Yotzi, you have to get divorced because you're married to Eishas Ach, because 
you slept with a woman who you should not have slept with, and that's very halachically problematic, obviously. That's if the baby survived. But if the baby dies, you're allowed to stay married because it's Yibum. That would be a problem too. Was that a halachic question or just a... Uh... It's more than thinking about Okay. All right. Okay. No, it's more of what's in the news. I didn't hear what you said. I mean, We're so only... it, should said, it should be said differently. If the child's born... And then something, you know, he dies, you have to be born. That is what we're talking about up, up until day 30. That is exactly right. And because day 31, day 31, then then that means that she was actually never a Yavama because Yibam only applies when she has no kids. So the distinction is up to 30 days. It doesn't matter how he dies. It just divorced immediately once. You're talking about like a year later, you were married for a year at this point. No. Could be seven, it could be six months, seven months, yeah, whatever. The Gemara is going to discuss a little bit of that. Like, we don't know whose kid it is. So, what if you're born in seven months? Is that a Suffolk Rishon Suffolk? We'll discuss that in the Mishnah, too. Ooh. Yeah, that could be very confusing. Yeah. Although, there's no real nafkamina in regards to whose child it is, but you know, <clears throat> what's the difference? It'll have imp- impact for Yibum for like the wives of brothers, like for those like you know, convoluted you're cases. Still holding that you wait three months, though. After you still have to wait three months, correct? Right, so you're just assuming that you didn't know you were pregnant after three months, and now magically, yeah. But then what did they know? They didn't have saying it's just what it is. So right, we on day 91, correct? But their halacha would be the determining factor. We would assume if it's not hukra ubra, if she's not showing at that point, right. so then we assume that's that's the halachic parameter, you know. What he should have waited, he should have waited because now they're now this guy is chayba korban. You'd assume. You don't even know. Oh, if you're waiting three months. I mean, there are people who just don't show when they're pregnant. Not, not for right. a long time. So. so we shouldn't show, find out she's pregnant, but you, now know, you don't who, how you know. Correct. You don't know. But we assume in halachic terms that if, if, if they married on day 91 and they were together that night, and then she had a baby, let's say seven months later. You assume it's that one. You, you, you can assume it's his kid. It's right. the new part, the new husband's kid. Now the Mishnah continues. Again, we, we learned this then that if you... If uh, if he marries the Yavama and the child does not survive, uh, the child does not live 30 days, then Yikaim, he can stay married to her. Now, remember that he did something wrong here. This is not the Chathila. This is all not right. He should not have married this woman. He should not have done Chalitza to this woman until the 90-day mark. Now, end of the Mishnah, Safek ben Tisha Rishon, Safek ben Shevala Achron, Yotzi, What happens if the baby is born uh, and we don't know who the father is because of the timing of the birth. Now, obviously, uh, there there's not going to be clarity here because she potentially slept with her husband the day before he died, potentially. And um, she slept with her new husband once they were married within three months. So Suffolk ben Tisha Rishon ben Sheva Achron, they don't know how old, how long the gestational period was. They don't know. We can go down to the down to the week, down to the day. If you look at an ultrasound, it'll say 34 weeks and two days. We're very nuanced in our process. We could measure the femur bone and approximate the age of the gestational child. We're very, very detailed. They didn't have that. So when this child was born, Suffolk Ben Tishal, the Rishon, maybe he's a nine-month-old baby through gestation, nine months of gestation, and he's really, he belongs to the first husband. And Suffolk Ben Shiva Lachron, he might also be a seven-month-old and belong to the new husband. So what do we do in this case when you're unsure? Oh, he's got my eyes, but your brothers. So it doesn't matter if he has your eyes. So says the Gemara, says the Mishnah, you need to get divorced because that's a Suffolk Doraisa. 
we don't know if Yibum applied, and therefore we don't know if you're allowed to marry this person. We don't consider the child to be problematic. And Asham Talawi is brought when you've done something and you're not exactly sure what the status was of your behavior. We don't know if you've made, a, made an error. You do need to get divorced, but because you slept with her, you have to bring a korban. End of Mishnah. Yeah, Itmar. I mean, we've had other cases of poor kid that's uh, worse than this. But uh, the Gemara says, as it opens, Lamed Hamed Bay is at the Gemara about 10, 12 lines down. Itmar, we're going to see now. Itmar is always a word that introduces um, a, an Amoraic conversation. So here, are two Amoraim are going to be talking about one case, and they're going to keep using our Mishnah as fodder to argue with one another. Itmar hacholeitz uberes vihipila. This was the case that Zeb was talking about. Well, part of it at least. Hacholeitz uberes. A person does chalitza to a woman that he knows is pregnant, and then vihipila, and then she miscarried. This is a little bit of a different case in our Mishnah. In our Mishnah, you didn't know. Here, you do know. You're just breaking the rules. You know it's not your kid. You know that already. You marry her, she's got a belly. You marry her, you know it's not your kid. And then the baby is Hipila. Now here, we're not saying that he did anything necessarily. We don't, she, it could be at the third month, fourth month. It doesn't matter. Fine. And then the baby miscarries. Rahman al-Islam. Rav Yochanan Amar, Eina Tzricha Chalitza Min Ha'achen. No chalitza is going to be needed in such a case. That yes, the, the brothers do need to do chalitza. Let's, let's analyze. Says the Gemara, Why doesn't she need chalitza? Because chalitza, the case that was presented as the Gemara opened was a case of chalitza. And therefore, because you did chalitza, a chalitza to a woman who's pregnant counts. See, this is really where the question is. She's pregnant. We don't know if this child is going to survive. So if you do chalitza, does that actually take effect? Yes or no? I could argue both ways. She's pregnant. It's a pretty bad idea to assume that chalitza works at all. So then therefore, if the chalitza is not a chalitza, then we need chalitza after the baby dies. And if the chalitza is a chalitza, then you don't. So Rabbi Yochanan says, If in fact the baby dies, why is it that we don't need chalitza for the brothers after the death of the baby? Because even though you didn't know the outcome, that if in fact you do chalitza or yibum under these circumstances, so then the din is that still the mechanics of that activity worked. The chalitza, the mechanics worked. And if the baby ends up, it's kind of like working backwards though, because the baby doesn't die till later. So if the baby dies, let's say, let's say he does the chalitza in January, and then the baby dies, Rahman al-Islan, in March. So it's seemingly it's out of sequence, but Rabbi Yochanan says, no, it still works. Reish Lakish Amar, about a quarter of the way down, Reish Lakish says, that when Rahman al-Islam, the baby does die, so then the brothers, after the death of that baby, need to do chalitza, because chalitza's me'uberis lo shma chalitza, ubias me'uberis lo shma bia. That's, it's not going to work. You can't do chalitza when someone's pregnant. That Doesn't that sound so reasonable? She's pregnant. The whole, only time that Yibum ever applies is when a woman doesn't have a child. She's pregnant. So, okay, you're not within the three months. You don't need to be in the three months. She's pregnant. So what do we say? Machlokas. And Rav Yochanan says that you're still allowed to do chalitza, not so much that you're allowed to, but it still counts. Masha'in Ken Rish Lakish says it does not. What is it that the two of them are arguing about in this case? So the Gemara presents two answers. One is that they're arguing about psukim, and the other is that they're arguing about logic, and seemingly out of order. Here is the approach as to, as to the logic side of things. 
Reb Yochanan Savar. Reb Yochanan gives a theoretical uh, scenario. Im Yavu Eliyahu biyomar daha diabra mapule mapola. Let's say you had a crystal ball. Eliyahu Nabi shows up at your doorstep and he says, you who are thinking about doing chalitza with this woman, I'm just telling you, she's going to miscarry. So says Rabbi Yochanan, if you know she's going to miscarry, then why wouldn't chalitza work? We could now reverse the case. Baby died in, in March. Okay, so then the chalitza I did in, previously in January should count. Says Reish Lakish, what are you talking about? Reish Lakish, Amar, Tigli Milsa Lemafreya, Lo Renan. What are you? It's out of order. She's pregnant. You can't do Chalitza when she's pregnant. So we have a, a strong chasm between the two of them in regards to how we should be analyzing this case. Answer number one is that we just disagree in logic. Can you do Chalitza before the death of the child and have it count? Yes or no? That's their machlokas. Halfway down, the Baisei Makra, but there's another way to analyze and to understand this machlokas, Rav Yochanan and Reish Lakish. And it's based on the Pasuk. Rav Yochanan Savar, Uven Einlo, Rav Yochanan looks very narrowly. We don't care if she's pregnant because that doesn't mean that there's a baby. A baby is after delivery. Up until that time, it doesn't matter. Right now, we're saying that she doesn't have a child, and that's true. In utero, there is a child, but not, not here on this side. We don't do a bris on the eighth day from conception. <laughs> the baby has to have a leda first. So there's no leda. So it says Rabbi Yochanan, that's shot in the Pasuk. That's what the Pasuk says. She doesn't have a child. She's pregnant. She doesn't have a child yet. When the Pasuk says, what does that mean? We have to see. We have to see what's going to happen. You can't just assume that the baby is going to die. That's a crazy assumption. We'll ask that question a little bit later today as well. So this is the basic machlokas, Rav Yochanan and Reish Lakish. I'm going to review this machlokas because we need to understand it clearly to navigate the one, two, three questions that we are going to analyze. Um, we'll, we'll probably wrap up to the top of Lamed Vav Medalef. We're actually going to go pretty far down. Uh, we'll stop almost halfway down on Lamed Vav Medalef. Uh, that's actually where Rabbi Resnick stopped in his shir. I just wanted to make sure we're going to we're going to make it here. So what's the machlokas? The case was where someone did chalitza to a pregnant woman. The machlokas of Yochanan Reish Lakish is as to whether or not that chalitza halachically actually worked. Rav Yochanan was of the opinion is that even though she's pregnant and even though it's not normal, the chalitza technically still works. Just like we said, if there's an isr lab between a man and a woman, technically the marriage still works. Halachically, the mechanics work, but it's usr. So year two, it should not be done, but the chalitza actually works. Reish Lakish says, what are you talking about? It's out of sequence. How can you tell me that a woman that's pregnant can get chalitza? If she, she might have a baby. So that's their machlokas. So then here, four lines before the wide lines on Lamed Heim the Gemara poses a question. And we'll see two versions of this question. Eisve Rav Yochanan the Reish Lakish. Rav Yochanan says to Reish Lakish, didn't you learn our Mishnah, our Mishnah at the beginning of this parak on Lamed Heim What's the kasha? The Mishnah says, Ein havlad shel kayam. If the baby doesn't survive, we said, We said that if the baby doesn't survive, and there had been Tashmish Amita. So we said this woman is Psula. She did something wrong. So says the Gemara. Uh, sorry, that's not even that case. Uh, what's the language of the Mishnah? It's in the first case of Chalitza. So in the case of Chalitza, they did not have Tashmish Amita. But we say that she is now Psula to a Kohen. Now, says Rav Yochanan, Bishlama Lididi, I, my, my Ashita makes more sense. Where I say that really, even though she was pregnant, the chalitza still actually works. Because the chalitza works, she's now a chalitza, and therefore she cannot marry a coin. That makes sense. 
But according to you, who says that chalitza smeuberes doesn't count, you could sit there and do chalitza all day if she's pregnant. It doesn't work. So then, if you say loshma chalitza, my pasta What's the psul of a woman making her usher to a kohen? It's that she's a chalitza. But if you're saying when she's pregnant, the chalitza doesn't work. Why is she psul to a kohen? Bam kasha from Rav Yochanan Reish Lakish from our Mishnah. Amar le Reish Lakish like relax. Relax, it's not a big deal. No, I'm just saying it's a chumrah. It's a chumrah. But really, that's not the case. Really, the chalitza doesn't work. We're makbed. We create a chumrah on her because this is not normal behavior. Fine. Some reversed this question. It wasn't Rav Yochanan. Rish Lakish was asking the question. What was his question? Our Mishnah says, that if the baby doesn't survive, we said in our Mishnah that if a man does chalitza when a woman, and a woman turns out to be pregnant, and she has a child, and the child doesn't survive, we said that the woman is considered a chalutza. Bishlam al-Didi says, Reish Lakish, four lines into the wide lines. I understand my perspective. That I have my chumrah, that really in this case, Technically, Midorai says she's not a chalitza, but I have a chumrah on her that she does. The lokatani, what is not listed? Eina tzricha chalitza minachem, that she doesn't need chalitza. Ela ledidach, but according to you, Rav Yochanan, eina tzricha chalitza minachem iboyle. The Mishnah should have said, and she doesn't need chalitza from her brothers, because the chalitza works. According to Rav Yochanan, chalitza smuberis is shma chalitza, that if you say that a man does chalitza to a woman who's pregnant, it functionally works, the chalitza works. If that's true, then even when the baby dies, she shouldn't have to do chalitza to her brothers. Why didn't it say that in the Mishnah? So says the Gemara, Amar Leh, Rav Yochanan responds to Reish Lakish, Inachanami, you're absolutely right. And the only reason it's not there is because the idea of Tana Reisha Lo Pasla, Tana Seifa Pasla, it was only to have some type of symmetry within the Mishnahis, but you're absolutely right. But it's not a strong kasha. I mean, here's the second question the Gemara asked two-thirds of the way down. Eisvei Rav Yochanan the Reish Lakish. Rav Yochanan says to Reish Lakish as follows. Ein havlad shel kayama yikayim. That if the child doesn't survive, Yekayim, they're allowed to stay married. This was talking about the second case in our Mishnah, when he was Kones S. Ha, what was the case? Ha, Kones S. Yivimto. So he married her, and it turned out she was pregnant. So there we said that if the child doesn't survive, they can stay married, because that means she was childless, and then there was a din of Hebrew. So says the Gemara, Rav Yochanan says to Reish Lakish, Bish I understand my shita. I hold that the chalitza works even when she's pregnant. And when he decided to do yibum and sleep with her, they did yibum and they, and they got married, that that actually worked. Therefore, I'm already married. I was married the day that we got married while you were still pregnant. What's the difference? But you, Reish Lakish, you hold that any activity that happens while she's pregnant is a zero, then... It shouldn't say Yekayim that you're just married. It should say Yachzor V'yivol V'yekayim Ibaile. They have to remarry. They have to remarry. Granted, Chayav a Korban for whatever happened while she was pregnant. But you have to remarry. Says the Gemara, you're right. You're right. My Yekayim. What does it mean when the Mishnah says Yekayim? It means Yachzor V'yivol V'yekayim. Delo Sagi. Delo Sagi. A little bit of some additional words here in the Gemara. Delo Sagi Balabachi. Of course you have to remarry. He agrees to that Reish Lakish. Some say this question was asked in the other way. The question was asked like this. says to Yochanan, We learned in our Mishnah, We had learned in our Mishnah that if the child, Rahman al-Islam, doesn't survive, 
and the husband had done yibum while she was pregnant. So we say they stay married. Bishlama Lididi says Reish Lakish, my she to make sense. Deamina Khalitas mu beres loshma Khalitza Ubias mu beres loshma bia. According to my shita, that Khalitza or Yibum during pregnancy doesn't work. Hainu dikatani yakayim. That's why the Mishnah says that they can stay married, which means Yachzer v'yibol v'yakayim. Delav sagi, delo sagi, v'lav Of course you need to do that in this case. You need to remarry. Ela Lididach. But according to you, Rav Yochanan, what should the Mishnah have said? Ratzah Yotzi, Ratzah Yekayim That he has a choice at this point to stay married to her. Why didn't it say that? Says the Gemara, responding for Rav Yochanan, in Hachanami, that is a possibility. And I did the Tana Resha Yotzi, Tana Nami Sefer Yekayim. Again, for just having uh, symmetry in the Mishnayas, the languages were the same, but really we, we have no riots from our Mishnah one way or the other to support either Rav Yochanan or Rish Lakish. Everyone has strong arguments one way or the other. Let's learn this last little sugya because we have time. It'll make tomorrow uh, still easier. Uh, let's continue. We're about 15 lines or so, a little bit less, 12 lines from the bottom. Mesve. A question from our Mishnah. What did we see in our Mishnah? That if a man does, uh, does yibum while the woman is pregnant, hareizu, uh, this is not our Mishnah, this is a brisa. Hareizu tsarasa. You cannot then marry the tsara. Shema yehei vlad ben kayama. Lest the child actually stay alive, says the Gemara. That's backwards logic. Adiraba. Only ki have havlad ben kayama. Yeah, what was the case? Shema yehe havlad ben kayama. Says the Gemara. Ki have havlad ben kayama. Mifterat sarasa. Had the child been alive, well, then there's no tsara. There's no anything. There's no ibum. So she should be totally pater in that case. Therefore, says the Gemara, you're right. What was the case? Elaima, the case must be Shema lo havlad ben kayama. Must be that we're concerned that the child won't be alive. And if the child doesn't survive those first 30 days, then there was a din of ibum. And then she is the tsara of the yavama. So says the Gemara, that's the appropriate way to understand that, Brisa. But then our question comes in. If you want to say like Rav Yochanan, that Tashvishamita, knowing that she's pregnant, counts. So then, then why then would we not allow for the Tzara to get married? Then the Yibum was already done. Let it be. Says the Gemara, then she should be, the Tzara should be totally fine. She should be free to go. Here the Gemara starts to go back on our original machlokas. And the Gemara says, everyone agrees that when it comes to Tash Meshamita, that there is no machlokas, that Bia uh, is Delopatra. Uh, that will not exempt the Tzara. The only machlokas is in regards to Chalitza, but not in regards to marriage. Only in regards to Chalitza. Rabbi Yochanan Savar, Rabbi Yochanan of the opinion, and We only believe that chalitza is functional during pregnancy, and certainly yibum is not. Neither of them work. Says the Gemara, that doesn't make any sense. One way or the other, you cannot argue that like Rav Yochanan is trying to argue over here, that only some of it works, that just Chalitza works, but not Tash Meshamita. If you want to say that Tash Meshamita works, then Chalitza's Meuberes Shema Chalitza, they are 
two peas in a pod. You cannot separate them. If one works, then the other works. And the, the reverse is true too. You can't have it both ways. And the way we tried to explain Rav Yochanan in this case was that he believed that Chalitza worked and Bia didn't work when a woman is pregnant. That can't be because what do we hold? Top of Lamed Vav Medalf. We're going to go almost halfway down. What do we learn? Anyone who has a din in Yibum also can certainly do Chalitza. So says the Gemara, how then do we understand this, uh, this brysa, the mesve, the brysa that speaks about uh, the tzara, says the Gemara, here's Rava's answer, then we're going to see a brysa that supports it, and then we'll wrap it up. Hakones, what does the brysa say? Three lines down, Lamed Vav Aleph. A man who does yibum with his uh, pregnant sister-in-law. Maybe the child will survive. And the Tash Meshamita really didn't count. The Chalitza didn't count. Until he's born, we don't know what's going on. So nothing. We are, it's a waiting game. That's what Rava says. And we have a brisa that supports Rava's new, new understanding of our Gemara. Tanya Kava say the Rava. The brisa says almost word for word. A man who does yibum and he finds that his wife is pregnant. So the woman cannot marry. The tzara cannot marry during this time. Maybe he'll survive. Maybe he won't. And whatever happens, that we don't care. Yibum and chalitza don't help. They don't help the tzara. The only thing that helps the tzara is the birth of the child. Says the Gemara, the Havlad ain't potrati ashiyotse la The Gemara says that he has to be that he's born. Taima, why do we say that? The Shema Yehevlad ben Kayamahu. But had he not survived, she should be putter. This is a very strong argument for Rav Yochanan, so much so. Maybe this then would reject the shita of Reish Lakish. Nope, I don't agree with you. My shita can still stand. Here's the right way to learn this price. A man who does yibum and finds his sister-in-law to be pregnant, his brother's wife to be pregnant. You cannot marry the tzara. Why? Because we have no way of testing anything. Rish Lakish says at this time, from the time that they marry until the time that the child is born and lives for 30 days, nothing can happen. Even Rish Lakish would agree to that. Great question. We have statistics. We know, and even then, that most women who are pregnant have healthy births. And if that's true, why would we assume then that any Yibam should be Shaykh here? It's most likely that the child is going to survive. Says the Gemara, it doesn't matter what the statistics are. Vlad ain't poter Until the kid is born, nothing else matters. And that is how we understand that last brisa. We're going to stop right here. We'll pick up in the middle of Lamed Vav Amidal of tomorrow night with Daf Lamed Vav, wishing you all a beautiful night.